CJ joined me. Uh, we talked a little college pigskin, broke down the slate. Going to be in two parts. We're going to do everything um, before noon, Friday's in part one. And then part two, we'll go with the night games, the late, late games. And then we'll kind of do our lock draft. Um, so we'll put them both out there. Part one, Friday, noon, up into about the, the last game we'll talk about. It's the six o'clock uh, Boise Air Force game, and then in part two, we'll go to seven o'clock. So, you guys know what to do. If it's in the morning, grab the coffee, Phil style. If it's in the evening, grab the drink and settle in as we break down the Halloween weekend in the world of college football here on the porch. What's going on there, CJ? Hey, what's going on, Blade? I'm hanging, brother. You know, just uh, winding down, carving some pumpkins, getting ready for that uh, the Halloween Halloween weekend, man. The, the end of Brocktober this weekend, unfortunately. <laughs> I know it's kind of crazy. We're already uh, at the end of uh, October, man. It's uh, kind of man, time flies. It, it has. I mean, this it's kind of been a a fast and kind of just furious weird season to this point where certain teams are just certain teams are just getting ready to to get started and others are you know literally army's already accepted a bowl bit for crying out loud so kind of insane isn't it (laughs) it is i mean they're they're independence bowl bound and we had the big 10 just starting it off last weekend you know so i mean it's crazy crazy to think that we're we're already to this point in the season and um like we said, Brocktober is officially over, man. So, uh, you know, hopefully there's no uh, handouts this weekend from our from our Mountaineers, uh, you know, passing out the candy to Kansas State. We need to keep that just a trick-or-treat deal and not a uh, on-the-football-field deal. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, not a, Depending not a on, I guess, where you're at, though, right? <laughs> Who knows if you have it or not this year. So. Yeah, yeah, depending on where you're at. But, no, Kansas yeah. State's not a team you want to give uh, extra extra time or possessions to at all. Yeah, we help them out, and that's going to be uh, going to be a difficult uh, mountain to climb there, you know, because everybody's already kind of uh, wondering what's going on with this climb. So let's not make it any harder, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So CJ, let's um, let's get in here real quick. You know, kind of three and out here on last weekend, real fast. Who were the three teams that impressed you the most? Three teams that kind of disappointed you the most in the weekend um well one of my uh that really impressed me um was ohio state um you know because we knew they were good um but to come out kind of the way they did um not really seem like they missed a beat i mean you know justin fields has nearly a perfect day um in complete command um you know, just a grand though, close game in the first half this year. Yeah, it was. Um, but just kind of like, I mean, they just, they can just absolutely flurry you in a heartbeat. Um, you know, so, um, and you know, that fifth, especially in that, league. yeah, it, it, you know, um, kind of unfortunate there, um, that they ended up with a little bit of backlash there from that late touchdown with like 18 seconds to go. But I mean, still, hey, you know what, though? No, I'm sorry, backlash or not. Yeah, I know it's 2020. Everyone's trying to play. Everybody doesn't – nobody – no college football coach wants to let an underbetter win this year. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, you can apologize after the game. I hope Scott, Fox, Scott Frost remembers that. And I hope whenever he gets a chance, he absolutely curb stomps Ohio State at some point in time in his coaching career. 
and when Ryan Day still on the sideline for the Buckeyes because that was inexcusable on his part. Ryan Day should have taken a knee. It was it was classless, to be honest with you. Yeah, probably, but at the same time, like I I, I kind of subscribe to the Steve Spurrier thing. Like just because I got my you know twos and threes in there doesn't mean I'm going to change what I do. Like if you don't like it, stop I, it. You know what though? But but at the same time, CJ, you didn't have to run a play. True, but regardless, Ohio State. Yeah, they they did this weekend. Um, yeah, um, two teams that you were kind of really impressed with this weekend. Uh, you know, honestly, and I was extremely impressed with Indiana. Um, the guts, um, what they kind of showed. I mean, they're, um, you know, are are, are they a big contender in the Big Ten? No, um, but that's a big win against Penn State, who's probably overranked, but, um. You know, I mean, that's 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 a big win for that program. I was very impressed with the way they played um, and the way they fought, um, <clears throat> you know, the, to get that thing into overtime. And then, you know, the gutsy call to to go for two in the in the second in the first overtime there to try and get the win. Um, just I, I love the fight. Hey, you got it. You got to respect the, the stones on that. You got to respect the stones on that call. Doesn't want to make it any doesn't want to let it go any longer. Penix is you've got a kind of a flow there going. Penn State kind of allows you to get into that opportunity to get the overtime. Great call. Absolutely great call. Yeah, no, and it was. I think the right call was made on the field on Penix too. I think he I think he extended. Yeah, I, I thought he got into. Um so no, I was I was thoroughly impressed with them. Um and then uh, the third team that I was actually really, really impressed with in a, in a game. Good for that, the Hoosiers being ranked seventeenth, by the way. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah, that's that that's big for that program. Um, and the other one was we kind of laughed at this one um, a little bit, um, but c- good job Rutgers. Uh, go on the road, get a get a conference win for the first time in a long time, um, you know, and show a lot of poison in doing it. Um, I thought they played extremely extremely well. Yeah, CJ. I mean, that's a good point about Rutgers. Uh, big win for Shiano chopping that wood. Uh, Granted, you know, you, you get seven seven turnovers from Sparty. That definitely had to help you a little bit in pulling that off. But you also give Rutgers a lot of credit because you're able to force seven turnovers, and that's not easy to do. Granted, week one for Sparty, so, you know, maybe there's a little rust on those uh, on those tires. You've got to kick that around a little bit. But uh, still, great win. Great win for Shiano in his return to the state U there of New Jersey, old Sunge, uh, get him a big win, and now they get Indiana this week. Yeah, I mean, CJ, you can't expect to win with seven turnovers. Um, just isn't going to happen. So you're, no, it's you're, not. Your big three teams you're most impressed with were all Big Ten, pretty Big Ten heavy there, buddy. Um, yeah, you know, I think some of the other games, I mean, there were some some other games I was kind of impressed with. Those were the three that I think just really kind of stood out to me um, yeah. from from the weekend. And it was it was kind of cool to have the Big Ten back in, in the mix as well. It was, as much as we gave them kind of some grief there early for their taking so long to join the party. They Once they joined, they kind of joined with, with full force, you know? Yeah, there, there was one other one that really surprised me, um, but I'll let you do yours because I, I have a feeling it might be on yours. Well... The number one team that I was impressed with on Saturday night was Cincinnati. Oh, love yeah, the yeah. way, love the way the Bearcats competed. Love the way they they just kind of took took an SMU team that I think was a little bit overrated, probably, and kind of just beat them beat them behind the woodshed, man. And had no had no problems doing anything in that game. Kind of controlled it, and the flurry at the finish for them. 
I thought was extremely, extremely impressive. I mean, Cincinnati, you know, at one point in time, it was a 28 to 13 game. And then all of a sudden, Cincinnati, boom, just like that, took it out and, you know, kind of, for better lack of a term of word, just kind of pistol whipped old SMU, the ponies down there in Dallas and, and, and did, and did kind of, um, kind of bludgeoned her to death. You know, I mean, Ritter looked pretty good. The defense obviously looked great. I mean, I know the loss of Roberson hurt SMU and that kind of hampered them a little bit, but they held Bentley down. I mean, he had 16 carries for only 40 yards. Bouchelle only threw for 216 yards. It was, um, it was a dominant performance by, by Cincinnati. Um, in terms of also the fact, you know, if they don't throw a couple, if they don't lose a couple fumbles, it might have been even more of an impressive performance by them. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, I, I really kind of felt to me like the kind of the tide turned uh, there in the third quarter when, when Cincinnati was able to jump out, you know, 28-10. 14-10 um, right. I mean, at halftime, pretty good game, you know. And then, I mean, in Ritter, what, eight carries for 180 80 yards, three touchdowns? I mean – when he when he decided to keep it, it was a big play. SMU struggled on that on that collapse down for sure. Yeah. So no, I mean no, I I, <clears throat> I think we we both liked Cincinnati in that game, uh, but uh, to pretty much dominate it the way they did, I think was was very impressive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we both kind of thought there was a chance of that <laughs> happening, but I don't think we were fully believed it was going to be to that extent, right? Yeah. Especially um, in SMU's building. Yeah. I tell you, a team that um, really impressed me Saturday night, CJ, had no part of it. It pains me to go against the uh, road a boat, Scotty Mago Gophers, but how about Michigan in the battle for the Little Brown Jug? I mean, they were explosive. I mean, you hang half a hundred in your first game. That Milton kid, he can play now. Um, I was very impressed with what Michigan did on Saturday night to Minnesota. I uh, – you know, I thought that was going to be a pretty competitive game. And, you know, there were points and times where you thought Minnesota might kind of get back into it. I think them not having fans there was a real disadvantage for them. Um, but, I mean, I was very impressed with the way Jim Harbaugh's crew, the old khakis, got his team ready to play there against uh, P.J. Fleck on Saturday night. Yeah, and, <clears throat> you know, I, I agree. So that, that Milton kid can play. Uh, the thing I think concerns me in that one, if, if, you, if, if you're a fan of Minnesota, was – really just how bad defensively they looked at times. Yeah. I mean, one thing I think I would wonder is, is that, is that a sign of things to come from Michigan? Um, maybe this offense is really kind of maybe humming here with, with Milton, a quarterback, the way he looks as opposed to, you know, Shea Patterson in the past. Yeah, no, I think that's a, I think that's I mean, a legit question. When you run it for, wonder. When you run it for 8.3 a pop and you only had it for 24 minutes and you hang half a hundred and you had seven penalties for 80 yards, hey, man, I think Michigan Michigan showed something to me on uh, one Saturday. I was pretty impressed with the uh, with the Wolverines uh, and the way they played, man. I, you know, I was very – and, you know, I, I, I kind of – um I told – you know, I told somebody who's a big Michigan fan that I was pulling hard rowing that boat and he uh, he said I was drowning – uh, by about halftime. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you kind of were. Yeah, if you had Minnesota Saturday, um, you were you were definitely gasping for that air and wondering, you know, somebody bring me a life jacket or something because 
it got uh it got ugly it got ugly early um there uh but you know i mean the other thing though too cj that i that i look at and say is minnesota you know they, they created the two turnovers so it wasn't or i mean michigan created the two turnovers in minnesota so it wasn't like that's why the game got that way it was just michigan we've always been kind of wondering when that team was going to get to that level maybe this is the year that Harbaugh finally has got these guys really ready to rock. And one other thing in that game, Michigan's kicker, Jake Moody, 0-3. So, really, they could have had 58 points on the board very easily. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, CJ, my, <laughs> my third team, man, this weekend, um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to single this team out. And, you know, what? typically you wouldn't do this for a team that lost a football game. But how about how about your boy Dino Babers and the Syracuse Orange going in there and giving giving Clemson a game where they had to play Trevor Lawrence and Etienne in the fourth quarter? Commend the Orange, man. They yeah they, they were a forty six point dog and they they covered that easily and, and gave gave Clemson not a scare, but at least made them work, you know, and, and made it actually a little bit more of a football game than what Clemson's been getting here the last few weeks. Yeah, and the impressive thing was is, is for the first time I think maybe maybe all year they showed some fight, um, you know, showed some want to be on the field. Uh, maybe that was partially in who they were playing, um, but that was a completely different team than you saw play against you know Liberty. Um, that looked like a team that was completely invested in that game. Um, you play number one in the country. Of course, you're going to be invested. True. Um, you know, but I mean, it, even when they got down 17, nothing like they you, you, like when I saw that, I was like, all right, well, here comes the classic. What we've seen out of them all year and they're going to get, you know, they're going to Clemson is going to put up 80. But they, you know, they they showed some showed some showed some fight, showed some life, which it, yeah. is is kind of nice to see. Yeah, I mean, and you know what? If you keep getting that kind of fight um, and like you know that energy and that life, like you're talking about from Syracuse, they're they're going to get better down the stretch and maybe steal them one or two. Um, CJ, I think, man, let's let's go on these on these three teams that really disappointed though here real quickly. I think we're both going to agree our number one team that may have disappointed probably is uh, probably the Mountaineers, correct? Yeah, uh, simply just you know. Um... It was right there, man. Yeah, it was, and it was kind of the, unfortunately, kind of the same song we had last year on the road, just not really able to find a way to, to get it done. Um, and well, until was, you win the last two, until you win the last two of a day, it's more of a story of this year. What's this team on the road? I think more than last year, my friend. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. two two road games that have been winnable that you you weren't able to yeah. to find ways to to finish off. Um, yeah, that was. I think this one's a little more disappointing than the Oak State one. You know. Because this one, and like we've talked, like we talked about on the therapy session, um, if you still need that, go check that out. Um, but uh, it was kind of like, man, we put ourselves right there in the position to uh, to win it, and just couldn't do it. So I'd say we were definitely one of the more disappointing teams of the weekend. Do you have two other ones, CJ? Um, I do. Um, your uh, your Wolfpack. Um, that was that was a little disappointing. Um, Tough spot, tough spot. It was without, a tough spot. I, I wasn't expecting know. them to. I wasn't expecting them to win. I just I, I didn't really envision seeing a game where they were utterly dominated. Um, 
you know, I think North Carolina is really good. No, I, I've, and I think being at home and I think it just, yeah, North Carolina is, it, is good. I just, I don't know. Um, has, just, it felt uh, like see, I was going to say this. a little more out of it than that. I agree with you on that. I think Dave Dorn had yet a couple more weeks to get that team ready. Um, and the loss of McLeary at quarterback, if you had a few more weeks to kind of get that together, might've been a different, might've been a whole different tune. Um, I'm going to go ahead and throw another team on there that I was very disappointed with and how they kind of lost a football game. And uh, that to me, CJ was TCU, man. You're, you know, I know you've been driving the Patterson bus all year, but man, I think that's a bad team down there. I know Rattler had a good game. I know Pledger looked pretty good, but Oklahoma hadn't looked that good against anybody yet this year. And TCU kind of uh, was, was pretty disappointing. I thought that. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. Um, yeah, I mean, it, uh, that looked like kind of what I think we expect Oklahoma's offense to look like at times. Um, but TCU showed absolutely zero resistance, which was which was pretty pretty disappointing in that um in in the way that they they showed up and played. Um my my third team and this is going to come out probably a little bit of a shock, but I was extremely disappointed in Florida State. Like it felt like I was expecting more from yeah, them. Yeah, like they the took like two steps forward to this Travis kid. You kind of were feeling good about maybe where they were trying to get to, and you yeah. basically you know failed what, though, to show you, up against Louisville. I'm I'm not gonna lie to you, man. I didn't love that spot for them. Okay, you come off a big win, a game in which you kind of hung on to win, and then you had to go play Louisville, a team that was pissed off after losing to Notre Dame in a tight one and has lost some tight ones already. I think it's a little farther along and more talented with Mikel Cunningham at quarterback. You know, Haskins is a great running back. Tutu Atwell. I mean, Louisville's got players. Louisville was due for a big win, and they proved it. I mean, those triplets, Atwell had 129 yards, you know, receiving. You had 174 yards on the ground from Hawkins and three touchdowns. Um, and Cunningham was pretty good, too. He had 278 through the air. You know, he's got the ability to dual threat it, too, a little bit. Louisville was very impressive. So I'm not necessarily as disappointed in Florida State as I am impressed by what I saw. Well, no, no, no. Out it, of, it, uh, it, what Florida State or what Louisville was able to do was was impressive, and I will will yeah. give you that. Um, it's just I don't know. I, it, it, it that kind of looked like the Florida State team from weeks one and two, where there was no fight. They were just kind of yeah. there, going through the motions, and that was disappointing. In the fact that I thought, okay, maybe this team's kind of turned that corner, like the effort corner, mm-hmm. like they've got some spark. Right. Right. It wasn't there though. You know, cause I, I don't think you'd argue that they're, they're not as talented as they have been in years past, but there's no excuse to still not show up and work. No, not at all. Um, and, and it wasn't, it's not that they've still got to get guys that love football, man. And they got to get guys that, you know, they were lucky to hold on against North Carolina. And I think they were a little bit, a little bit juiced about that, and maybe they were not quite ready for Louisville. CJ, my last team of the weekend, man, is a team that I was disappointed in it because I thought they were going to be better. I know it was a tough spot for them. Not disappointed they lost, but disappointed in the way they lost. And that was a uh, South Carolina, the Cox man, losing by twenty-eight to LSU with the with the freshman quarterback starting his first game in, in, in Finley. Um, and an LSU team that has not been great all year, and they, you know, they took South Carolina behind the woodshed, and um, it was it was ugly. Um, you know, it was pretty much over before the game even got really started. So it was almost like, well, what's the reason in continuing to tune in on this one? And an honorable mention for another team: How about Pitt? How about Pitt? I mean, you absolutely got bamboozled 
by Notre Dame, a team that hasn't been scoring, you know, can't even get close to sniffing 30, and they put up 45 on you, and you only got three. Book through for 312. Shame, shame <laughs> on a pit, man, because they look like trash. Narduzzi might be looking for uh, some, some new employment. Yeah, I, I think think he think he might be. Um, I, I would agree. He's gonna have to get it back together because that was a big spotlight and a big opportunity for him, and he flunked that test. Yeah, no, I, I I would I would give you that. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, and how about Rice's kicker, the the quadruple <laughs> doink? <laughs> oh yeah, that was that was rough, man. That was rough. And you know what else? Let's also give a real a real quick quick shout out. I think to Coastal Carolina. How about those guys winning with a backup quarterback, first game being ranked, and then the the post game celebration in the locker room, man, with you know, getting the, the, the golden, getting the mascot for South, for Georgia Southern in there, doing the wrestling moves, the team's going nuts, you RKO them, and then you 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 know you power slam them through a table, you have to love that man. The thumb belt is what it is, CJ, and. Uh, Coastal man, they're real fun, and I'm excited for them to continue to keep moving up to 20th now. Yeah, no, I, I thought they played um, extremely well. Um, you know, didn't didn't let the the ranking thing kind of be something to trip them up. Just kind of stayed focused. I mean, yeah. they were in a dogfight uh, for you know for for basically the entire game um, until about midway through the, I mean, through the fourth when they kind of were able to kind of you know put their the Peyton kid their man the Peyton kid for Coastal is the backup played well i mean and that's without mccall so kudos to the chance man on the uh, on the teal there the surf turf getting that big dub on saturday um cj you want to you want to start exploring the schedule there a little yeah, bit absolutely yeah on friday night yeah um yeah it is kind of a bummer that that one gets gets canceled that was going to be an opportunity i think for for marshall to kind of be on on a night where there's Yep. You know, I mean, not, I mean, they'd have been the only ranked team playing. Um, could have been a really good spot for them. Just unfortunate that that thing uh, gets canceled due to due to COVID issues. Yeah. Due to COVID, due to tracing, due to losing to Jacksonville State, due to injuries, due to a lot of things. I mean, granted, COVID's the easy one, and and, and granted that you know, if there's any concerns with that, you don't want to do anything with it. And we kind of maybe saw the writing on the wall there, but um, like we said, unfortunate. If you want to hear more about that check out the herd hour um and cj i want to get your opinion on this one real quick before we jump to the other games friday uh what did you think about the whole deal with the masters uh going to be hosting game day on november 14th i know a lot of herd people were uh marshall nation was a little upset they thought that would have been a great opportunity for game day to come for the 50th year anniversary of the um of the plane crash and the memorial ceremony that they have that day and incorporate with game day um i, I think it's it is the Masters in November. Yeah, I think right? it's kind of an interesting thing for game day to do because that's a unique thing for them. Um, they usually don't get that. Mm-hmm. I, I think, and I know Marshall fans are kind of upset about it, but let's also look, it, it's Middle Tennessee State, right? Yeah, yeah. and they're not yeah. good this year. Take <sighs> a step take a step back, realize if Middle was a little bit better, probably a really good chance it does happen. Yeah, but I, I just – It'll yeah, happen I just eventually. Think that's way, like – that's just way too much of a spot right there for the masters to. Oh, it's, 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 it's yeah. great. You can't, you can't beat that man. I mean, amen corner. Hello friends. You know, Jim, Nan- I mean, man, it's, it's too it's, cool. It's going to be such a cool weekend to see college football 
and the Masters. In yeah, and I think together, I think man. that's I just mean, way too cool of a spot there for game day to really pass up. So I I, I think it's going to be kind of cool. I'm I'm actually pretty pretty pumped to see how that works. Me too. And I think that once they kind of let the dust settle, I think a lot of those Marshall fans will be like, yeah, you know what, this is freaking awesome. Let's roll with it. Um, so let's get to the other Friday night game there, CJ. Uh, the Gophers going into uh, to it used to be Old Bird Stadium. I don't know what it is now. There, it College is Park. now. Maryland's licking their yeah, wings, and it man. used to be like Chase Field. Now it is Capital One Field at Maryland Stadium. Okay, well, it's it's still the Bird Snake Pit to me, buddy. Yeah, um, have have seen a game there before. Um, yeah, it's not a bad it's, facility. It, talk, but it, it could be better. Talk talk about a steep set of stands. Not as bad as Virginia Tech, but close. It's, it's like you're – I don't know if it's worse than Virginia Tech or Lane Stadium, but it's up there. Oh, yeah, it's it's bad. <laughs> yeah. Didn't have some of the good seats that day. Season I didn't either, way. dude. I was wearing um, the upper deck. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I like the Gophers to rebound in this game. I think that Tanner Morgan is going to hit Bateman. I think Mahabi Ibrahim will have a good game. Maybe I'm still high on the Gophers. You know, row to boat, Scotty Meyer. Uh and P.J. Fleck and those guys. But I think Maryland's pretty bad. And who knows what's going to happen at quarterback. Loxley's got a decision to make. Um, and the offense was real bad there against Northwestern, which I think could be a sneaky good team in the league. So maybe Maryland, you know, kind of is catching a little bit of heat that's not as warranted. But um, well, uh... go ahead and go ahead and give me Minnesota to cover whatever this whatever this spread is. And I'm probably taking the under in the football. Game, uh, let's though. see. Uh, Minnesota is a 19 and a half point favorite with a total at 61. Yikes. Uh, yeah, I think I still take the Gophers to beat them by 20. I still think you take the under because that Maryland offense was bad. But then again, Minnesota's defense was real bad against Michigan. What's it going to be more of? Was it more Michigan's offense was really good? Or was Maryland was Maryland's offense that bad last weekend to where now Minnesota's going to look better? Or maybe it's just not something you want to touch with the total until you kind of get a feel in game as to what's you going might, on. It might be, but to, to me, it's a combination. I think Michigan's offense is better than kind of maybe what you thought it would have been coming into the year. And I think Maryland's yeah, yeah. just that bad. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I love Northwestern and I love Pat Fitzgerald. Like, I, I do. I love those teams that are, that are consistent coaching. They're Right, right. 530 yards in total offense in a game. I mean, you gave up 537 yards. You gained 200. Like, you got – you got – Dude, you got big slapped by Northwestern, and I never thought that would ever be a headline coming out of a Northwestern game. Well, you know what, though? Give me a – I'll say this, though, real quick, man. Peyton Ramsey knows the league. It's a good quarterback, and old Damian Anderson's son, Drake Anderson, is a hell of a running back. I, Legacy there from Northwestern. I'm not disagreeing like with you doing. on that, but he, I he, I don't care who you are. Northwestern should never bitch slap you like you're a one double A school, and that's exactly what no. happened. They did. They did because because and I can't pronounce to his brother's name, but Tug of Iloa um, threw three interceptions for Maryland. He's going to have to be and, better and than that. don't get me wrong. I don't week. think Maryland's a good uh, – They gave up 325 yards rushing. That's, yeah, that's kind of what I'm saying. I mean, Ibrahim's going to have a field day. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Locks, like, you I, get those I don't think Maryland's a good football um, team, but you shouldn't be that bad and be in a Power 5 conference. 
well, hey, you're going to be home. You're going to be on a Friday night. You're going to have a lot of reasons to be pumped. You know what? Looking back on it, maybe Minnesota definitely wins the game. But I could see Maryland maybe sneaking around if they're a little bit more ready to play and are a little bit more efficient offensively this week. Or just maybe Minnesota's kind of let's last week beat them twice. I don't know. It's a possibility that that could happen. I doubt it because I think PJ Fleck will have this. Yeah, I think he's going to have him. I, I I love Minnesota and I love Minnesota huge in this. Do you do you? I mean, what's the? Do you like the total? Or are you total, a little nervous the total about I'm taking. Total I'm taking the under because sure. I don't think Maryland's going to give you enough help to get there. And yeah. PJ Fleck's not a guy that's going to put sixty on the board. To yeah, cover that over, Minnesota is basically going to have to yeah. score almost sixty, and I, that's not his. That's not what they're going to want to do. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I, I see this game being in the being in like the you know the thirty eight to like maybe even ten range or something like that. I'm not even sure about the end of that much um, credit to get that yeah. many points. I I want to see I want to see it this week from Minnesota defensively. See the improvements before I'm literally <laughs> saying they're going to shut out anybody. All right, because I think Pat Fitzgerald's Northwestern's defense. You got to remember, last year, even as bad as they were, that defense was really stout. And uh, kept them in a lot of games, even though they didn't win them, they kept them in them. Um, CJ, let's get to the nine o'clock hour there, man, on Friday night. Um, a team that me and you both like hosting uh, in the Tulsa Golden, Hur- Tulsa Golden Hurricanes, hosting East Carolina. Um, I've seen this numbers come down a little bit since the beginning of the mm-hmm. week. Yeah, there has been some movement in this one. Um, I-, I thought it opened a little high, to be honest with you. Um, I know East Carolina is not a real good football team, um, but yeah, yeah, I thought it opened a little high. It's it's one of those that I'm like, I stare at and I'm like, I kind of like it, but at the same time, it almost feels like a trap at the same time. Yeah, I feel you. 17 and a half is a weird one. Anytime you see 17 in the hook, you kind of have to pause for cause there a little bit, wonder what's up. I mean, Holton Ayers is a good quarterback, no question. Um, but he hasn't had a great year. That defense is really bad. They struggle against the run. I think Tulsa can do a little bit of both. You think about the wins Tulsa had. Heck, even their loss I mean, was impressive. They, oh, I mean, absolutely. I mean, their loss was a was a fight versus Oklahoma State. They beat UCF on the road. They haven't played a home game yet. They're going to be pumped up to play in front of the fans. I think they're going to win this one big, and and I think it's because East Carolina's defense is not very good. I like Zach Smith. I like the Prince kid at running back and Stokes, man. That's a, a set of triplets there for the Golden Hurricanes. And I think they're going to continue to prove that they might be the second best team in the American behind Cincinnati and win this one big. I also kind of like the over CJ because as good as Tulsa's defense is, I think this one could get away from East Carolina early. And I think the back door is open to push it over. Yeah, that I, I'm kind of with you on that one. I do kind of like the over um, the – the 17 and a half is kind of tough, but it is, it's one of those things. And if you look at it, Tulsa's three, and zero against the spread this year. So it's kind of like, oh, they're good. I mean, they're yeah, good. I could I could see them winning by 18, 19, 20, but at the same time, I could see East Carolina finding a way to kind of keep this thing a little closer than that. Like just sneak in the back door type deal. I could easily – I mean, in the end, C.J. could very easily see Tulsa winning this game 41-17 to 17, late in the football game, Holton Ayers with about a minute and change to go. 
gets a touchdown, brings ECU back within the within the 17 in the hook. Very easily could see that final or you 41 get, Or you get a funky West Virginia-Kansas where you get a kickoff return with under a minute to go. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. Hey, anything can – hey, anytime you have the under, you hold your butts, like they say on SVP <laughs> with, uh, when he gets on there with Stanford Steve on the bad beach. You yeah. hold your butts when you take the under. Um, you better be really, really sure of one side of the football if, if you're going to do that. Um, I mean, hey, I think we're both in agreement. We like Tulsa. We're a little – we know the back door is a possibility potentially in this game, although I love the Tulsa defense, CJ. And I think – that defense could have a pretty good day against that ECU offense, especially that offensive line, which really struggles. Um, the The last game of the night, uh, CBS Sports Network, uh, actually, this Hawaii, is Wyoming, correct? Oh, oh, okay. All right, I love it. FS1 getting into the party on a Friday night. Um, CJ, here's something we know. We know that this that the Casa de Smith is a Wyoming household. Um and we'll be rooting for the Cowboys on Sat on Friday night, um, in that purple and brown man. So uh, I'll say that they're even. They had a tough loss there in OT um, last week. Hawaii had a big win in OT. Both these teams, you know, played tight games last week. I expect very much the same this Friday night. Yeah, um, this one could be could be interesting. Could be fun. Hawaii ever since the Colt Brennan days, um, they're just a fun team to watch. Um, this one may surprise you a little bit, but Hawaii is actually a one-point favorite. Give me Wyoming plus the one, bud, without question. And again, sort of like how I felt in the Colorado State-Fresno State game, I'm not willing to touch a total one way or the other, man. It just it doesn't feel like it's something that I feel rather confident in at all. Um, yeah, as I say, it's this game. In the hook. Now, I mean – I mean, hey, now, Valade for Wyoming is a heck of a running back, and I think he could have a really good day against the Hawaii defense. But that Hawaii defense against the run is a lot better than I think people give it credit for. I mean, both these teams kind of had some had some issues defensively last week in their in their wins. And CJ, I apologize. I don't know why I had Hawaii winning in overtime. That is, they 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 beat Fresno pretty handily. I'm, I've must have kept scrolling over the Wyoming Nevada score <laughs> thinking that was the same score. Um, apologies. Um, but so, I mean, that gives you a little more reason to maybe, maybe back um, Hawaii because they did go on the road and win a 15 point game. Um, the Cordero kids was making good decisions. He runs the football well too. Um, and that defense, you know, held Fresno down for the most part, although they gave up a lot of yards. You only give up 19 points. That's a good sign. Although I yeah, love I mean, Wyoming. Too, it was kind of kind of funny to kind of as you're looking through the stat line there to see Hawaii with a with a running back over 100 yards and a quarterback under 400. Um, almost kind of. And that, that quarter, well, the quarterback know, but that's, still in range like, for the hundred. It it doesn't it feel like a little bit of a shift from what they what you think when you think of Hawaii because you think of Colt Brennan, um, the Chew kid, just slinging it literally all over the yard. Timmy yeah. Chang, Tim, yeah. Timmy Chang, so, I mean, man, you know. That's June yeah, Jones. That's kind of what it felt yeah, like. Absolutely. This is, they're they're a, they're a little bit different of a team now, um, which is kind of cool. Um, the only thing about Wyoming that that gives me a little pause. I, I'm with you. I I love the Valade kid at running back, but 87 yards on 22 carries, like 
that I'm like get I I, I mean hey, Nevada, now Nevada defensively is Nevada was yeah, stacked they, they stacked the box and, and I mean they were really going to force it the other way, um, but that's that's one of the things. It's like uh, I'd like to see that that a little like you get 22 carries. I need to see triple digits. Yeah, but you know, twenty two for twenty two for that's not it's not no that, that that's not because um, it's a four yard I'm, per per yeah. carry average, which is I mean is really good. It just I don't know, like you get that many carries uh, and, and 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 no touchdowns to go with it. It's kind of like I, I I need to see a little more improvement there for them. Hey, see, here here's the big thing though on that, my friend. You pop one, he pops one of those twenty two, and gets a gets a huge gain on it potentially. That changes the whole change the whole. Yeah, exactly. Which is um, which is also why about that it's running, tough when you, you know? just look at a box score too. Um, and it, and it's just his first game, you know. Of the it was just their first game of the season, so you know, see, kind of, kind of, uh, give Valaday a little bit of credit. One thing to look for in this on that total weather related Wyoming, you never know what you might get. As of now, they're saying it's supposed to be about a forty eight degree uh, kickoff temperature with. You know, some some partly uh, partly cloudy skies there when it kicks off around. I think Wyoming is mountain time, so I'm looking at about a 7:45 kick out there uh, on on Friday night. Um, CJ, at, at this point in time, my friend, I think we're uh, finally into the uh, to the main event. Yeah, we're correct? the, the nooners on on Saturday. Hey, uh, so CJ, I mean, lots happened here. Uh, with, uh, with the, the Clemson Tigers and uh, BC here in the last just even day and a half. Um, yeah, that's been <clears throat> uh, kind of a kind of an interesting story that's kind of rocked a little bit. Um, really kind of threw, I think, everybody's thoughts, maybe not necessarily on the game, but, I mean, just kind of maybe overall. Yeah, the season as a whole just kind of went upside down. Um I know this number was at 32 because I had it in a big old nine-team parlay um, along with Marshall that got canceled. So, you know, this is um, definitely going to be different now than what we anticipated earlier. I like Jerkovich, man. I think he could keep this game competitive, especially if he had it at that 32 number before Trevor Lawrence, you know, had the uh, contracted the virus. Yeah, um, I was pulling it here. It has come down to 23 and a half. Okay. I mean. So, essentially, you're saying he's worth 10 points. Give or take, right? I mean, Etienne's still going to be there. You go heavy on Etienne. BC, from what I can – from what I remember, not necessarily a great team when it comes to run defense or running the football. So I think Clemson could still have their way doing both of those things Saturday night or Saturday afternoon there in uh, Death Valley. Oh, yeah. I can yeah what am I kidding you. saying Clemson's playing a night game, CJ? They don't allow that anymore. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's – I mean, they're still going to, I think, handily dominate BC um, simply just because of the other talent that they have. Um you know, the, the big question for Clemson is going to be moving forward. You know, is he going to be available for for Notre Dame and, and moving forward? But, yeah, I mean, I, I – From everything I, I'm reading, CJ, they're saying as long as everything goes well for him, he will still play against Notre Dame. 
Okay. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I'll be honest with you. From a betting standpoint, if you wanted to take Clemson mm-hmm. in the points, Trevor missing the game almost helps you because it gives you a much, How much easier number. I'll pay for that. CJ, we're uh, we're sitting here, man, and people are paying it forward at Duncan here. Mm-hmm. The coffee fill style, man. They're uh, somebody paid for mine, so I paid for theirs, man. You know, nice. Yeah, never, never a bad thing, man. Never a bad thing on a uh, football Friday. You know what I mean? No, um, not at all. Not at all. But I mean, hey, I think, like you said, Etienne is going to be the absolute key in this football game for for Clemson. If BC's able to kind of slow him down a little bit. It gives them a great opportunity to win this game. Um, but the reality of it is, are they going to slow down at the end? I don't think so. And let's be honest, too. It's not like Dabo hasn't been recruiting um, like like a madman for the last, you know, better part of five to ten years now. Um, and then he still has Amari Rogers to throw the football to, whoever, you know, ends up playing quarterback there for Clemson on Saturday night. So, or Saturday, I keep saying Saturday night, my friend. I want Clemson to play a damn night game. Hasn't happened yet. Hopefully, it will soon. Um, but what's our next nooner? Um, yeah, I, I like Georgia in this one. Um, they've had two weeks to kind of stew on on getting absolutely boat raced against Alabama. Um, yeah, you know, um, and like you said, Kentucky's been that that team that's kind of like wow. Um, yeah, I mean, they dominate yeah. Mississippi State. They dominate Tennessee. And then they lay an egg here against Missouri. It was like, what in the world? They've been much better at home. They've been on the road. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I just I look at this as a potential um, bounce back game for um, for Bennett and for and for White because um, you got to feel like if Bennett comes out and struggles a little bit, you that this would be a spot where if he struggles, you'd see JT. Yeah, I'd agree. And you know what else, though, CJ? I'll say this. I think you're 100% right about Daniels potentially getting a spot there to play this week if Bennett doesn't look good. More of a bounce back for me when it comes to that Georgia defense because they didn't look good against Alabama in the second half. And Kentucky, I mean, they, they, they have to run the football to win. They average 183 yards a game on the ground. Georgia gives up 65 and a half. I'll say this much. If you expect to beat Georgia running the football – that's going to be a tough, tough task for you to accomplish. So, I like the dogs uh, with 14 in the hook for sure, and I like the under in the football game, I believe, because I think Kentucky defensively will play a pretty solid game, um, but I don't see Kentucky offensively doing anything against Georgia. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you there, and, and to think Georgia's going to score 40, I think is. <sighs> yeah, I don't, I don't think so in the Kentucky defense, man. Yeah, I, I don't think so. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I expect Tuggy's defense to show a little bit of fight in that, um, but I do definitely like Georgia by by two scores. Yeah. Um, so what's our next neuter there, my friend? Uh, next neuter is on ESPN. Um, the Memphis Tigers travel into Cincinnati, Ohio, to take on the now seventh ranked Bearcats. This is a very very tricky spot for Cincinnati. They need to be careful in this one. Memphis is a good football team. They're explosive offensively. Brady White, the quarterback, thrown for 17 touchdowns. They've got some playmakers. They lost a tough one to SMU coming off of, you know, what was almost a month by for them. Um, Beating Arkansas State in that opener. 
They've come back, had, a, had two big wins, scoring 91 points combined in those games. But Cincinnati defensively is so tough. This is going to be a challenge for them, though, a big challenge for them. Um, I think the Bearcats at home are probably about a maybe about a touchdown favorite here. Uh, they are, yeah. They're they're a touchdown Ooh. on the nose. Got one. I love it. Yep. Uh, the total as it is at the triple nickel fifty five in the hook. Ooh, fifty five in the hook. Man, that's a that's a total I want no part of CJ at all. I don't love the Memphis defense. I think Cincinnati will be able to run the football on them pretty well. Um, but, man, that Memphis pass defense is, is maybe one of the worst in college football history at this point. I mean, granted, it's only four games, but they give up 440 yards a game through the air. Now, that's not Cincinnati's style, but they can throw it enough. I think they'll be able to do both well enough. I think they'll keep Memphis off the field. I think they'll win. But I'll say this, CJ, I think I like Memphis to cover seven. You know, maybe push. <laughs> I could, yeah, I could see a push. If that was like six and a half, I'd be more inclined to go with Cincinnati because to me it feels like a push. I'm with you. Yeah. This feels like a very tricky spot uh, for for Cincinnati. Um, you know, come off a big win. Um, you know, you've got – You have a game with Houston next. Yeah. Um, but I love the but, – but at the same time, I love the fact they're at home. Yep. If they were if they were heading to Memphis playing in the Liberty Bowl, I think you'd be a little concerned about it. But the way this sets up for them, I think they'll be ready to go. And I just think their defense is is so much more of a strength for that football team than even Memphis offense is for theirs. And I think Cincinnati offensively can can exploit Memphis defensively more than a few times in that football game. And uh and in the end of the game, they'll find they'll find a way to win it. Maybe sit on it some too. Uh, you know, look back at it now. I, I sit here and I say I want to take Memphis, but I think talking about it a little bit more, thinking about it a little bit more, I think I'm inclined to roll with the Bearcats and keep that momentum going, and maybe just maybe pushing themselves toward a playoff conversation right now, CJ. Yeah, I mean, Luke Fickle's got that thing really, really kind of humming, humming really well. Um, I've been thoroughly impressed um, with them, and I. Don't see any reason for that to, to slow down for him Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what's our next one there, my friend? Okay, uh, next one's still a nooner. This one is on Fox. Uh, Big Ten, brother, Big right? Big Ten. Um, a old-school rivalry. Um, the Spartans of Michigan State roll into the big house to take on the 13th-ranked Michigan Wolverines. So Michigan was so impressive last week. I'm going to say this right now, CJ. That number stinks. I know Michigan State's not a good team, but they're not going to turn it over seven times again this weekend. I think Rocky Lombardi's a pretty good quarterback. I, I got a feeling Michigan State's going to play a much more competitive game. I think this number's been influenced greatly by by what happened last week. Michigan looking so good. Michigan State losing to Rutgers. Give me Sparty. I'll hold my nose, but I'll take him to cover 24 and a half. Yeah, I'm with you. That that is a very large number. The total sitting at 52. Yep. Um, but no, I, I'm with you. I mean, because that is a a rather large number. Um, I think I think you're right. A lot of that is how bad Michigan State played last week. How good Michigan looked. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I like Michigan to win. I like Michigan to win. 
pretty easily. Pretty handily, I think. Yeah, yeah I think yeah, it's going to be yeah. very handily, very easily. But yeah, twenty four and a half seems it, 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 especially it's especially like a rivalry game. The, that's that's an awful yeah. big number. Yeah, man. I mean, the battle for old Paul Bunyan there, correct? Uh, yeah. Is that, is that Paul Bunyan? No, that that might be Wisconsin. I think that's Wisconsin. Um, let's see here. I know it's like a lumberjack looking trophy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know that much. Yeah. I mean, hell, most of the Big Ten is. Uh, I mean, they're thinking, yeah, you're right. It is the Paul Bunyan. Hey, that deserves another one. Hey, the Big Ten rivalry trophies, man, they, you know, they love them. And you know that this year it's kind of fun because we're getting them all in a flurry here <laughs> without ever seeing any of them play. I'll say this too. I think Michigan might slightly, is even with it being a rivalry game, they know they got Indiana next week. Indiana might be a look-ahead spot. They got to go on the road to Indiana and to Bloomington and face Penix and those boys. I could see them maybe kind of not having their full focus on Sparty this week despite it being the rivalry game. Man, who would have ever thought you said Indiana would have been a look-ahead game? Hey, but you know what, though, man? I, I think you have – it's it's the truth. It's the truth. No, I think and it I think is Mel the truth. And I think Mel Tucker – yeah. And I think Mel Tucker in his second game – you know, I remember when he was at Colorado how he found a way to beat Nebraska. He, he seems to get his teams ready to play in big spots like that, a Saban disciple. I think he might just have a few tricks up his sleeve and keep this game a little closer than what the old experts think. As our friend Lee Corso would say. Yeah, no, I'm I'm in complete agreement with you on that one. What's our next one there, my okay, friend? Okay, uh, ESPNU still in the noon slots here. Uh, the 20th ranked Chanticleers of Coastal travel to Georgia State. That's a that's a tough one. I'll say I'll say Coastal still a favorite, but I'm going to say maybe by about four points. Uh, Coastal is a two and a half point favorite. With the total sitting at 60. Now, if it's two and a half, give me um, Coastal all day. I like them to win this football game. I think they win it. Um, I think they might win it easily if McCall's back. Um, I think, though, CJ, I like an under in this football game. I love that Coastal defense. And I know Georgia State offensively has been in some shootouts. And I, and I really like the Cornelius Brown kid. At a quarterback for them, he's been pretty pretty good this year, but I still think in the end you got to roll with the you got to roll with the chance, and I like that chance defense a little bit better than what I like and what I've seen out of Georgia State at this point in time. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. Um, I do like the under on that. Um, I think you I think you'll sweat it a little bit because I think it's going to finish around 58 or 59. Um, so you're yeah. going to sweat it there a little bit and just pray it's nothing stupid on the back end. Um, but <clears throat> I, I do, I, I, I'm with you. I like coastal in this one. Uh, defensively, they've looked really, really good. Offensively, they've looked good. Um, McCall should be back for this one. Um, if McCall's back, they can exploit that Georgia state pass defense. Um, their run defense is pretty stout. I mean, they get only, only allowed 97 yards a game. Granted, they're in that shootout game with Arkansas State when nobody was passing and they were in a game with ECU when ECU was throwing – or, excuse me, no one was running in the Arkansas State game. Um, give them props for beating Troy. But I think them beating Troy like that on the road going to give them a lot of confidence. But I think Coastal's defensively just a better team, more more complete football team. They're going to run the football a little bit better. Although Georgia State, you know, averaging 237 yards, they're an offensive juggernaut to this point in the season. 
But I still like what Coastal's working with a little bit better than what Georgia State has. But I would not be shocked to see the Panthers pull this one off and beat the Chance on Saturday. Yeah, I don't think it would shock me either because Georgia State's shown that they – I mean, that they can they can be in some games, give you some headaches, and, and that they can score some points. Um, I just – I think Coastal, I just – I love what they're about right now. Um, and I just feel like they've got a ton of momentum right now. Um, and I just don't see yeah. that breaking. I'll say this, if that goes up any higher than the two and a half to three, I'm very hesitant to take Coastal. If you're in that two and a half to three range, I think I like Coastal uh, to win a tight one, um, CJ. Um, you know, hey, man, McCall, Marble, I mean, that's that's a daggone good football team. And beware of a Panther costume finding its way into the Coastal locker room, <laughs> uh, maybe getting an RKO out of nowhere on Saturday uh, Saturday around 3.30. Um, what's our next kickoff? Uh, another noon kickoff on FS1. Mm-hmm. The 23rd ranked Cyclones of Iowa State travel to Lawrence to take on the putrid K State Jayhawks. Putrid, the old Rock Chalk Jayhawk KU struggling. Um, man, I'll say Iowa State, even on the roads, probably about a 20, 26 and a hook favorite, maybe. 28 in the hook. I don't love it. Matt Campbell keeps games closer than they should sometimes. I could easily see Iowa State being totally content winning this game 42-14. to 14. Um, I think Kansas will rebound a little bit off of the loss to uh, to K-State, you know, in the battle for the Sunflower State there. Um, I think they'll play a little bit better. I don't think they're going to play great, but I think they might play a little bit better, maybe keep it inside of that number. It's a big number. Um but Iowa State's got all the weapons in the world, and they're going to be pissed off coming off of a very tight, tough loss to to uh, the Pokes down there in Stillwater. Yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely with you on that one. Um, it does feel like a big number. Now, here's the amazing thing: is Kansas? We know they're zero and five, but they're also zero and five against the spread. Um, True. Well, depending upon the West Virginia right. game. Right. D- depending, yeah, depending on what you look at as far as what it was at kickoff. Um, but according to ESPN, they're, they're 0-5 against the spread. So, right, right. I, I, I'm with you because I could see, you know, Matt Campbell being pretty content, you know, with a 20-21, 22-point win. Um, but Kansas hasn't shown me anything to say, hey, we can keep this – you know, we can, we can hang and keep the spread. So, right. I mean, they give up 45 points a game. I mean, this could be an Iowa State kind of coming out party for that offense, which has been okay this year. I don't think it's been as great as you would have expected it to have been with the talent they have on that side of the ball. Expect Brees Hall to have oh, a huge yeah. day I, yeah, on the I, ground against that Jayhawk rush defense. I, I'm going to tell you right now, if when this thing's all said and done and you see it come across the bottom ticker, I wouldn't be shocked to see you know, Hall with 200 yards rushing. I mean, no, I almost I would almost be shocked if he doesn't have 200 yards rushing in about three touchdowns Saturday. Um, and Iowa State's going to continue to move forward. Uh, I, I was talking today, um, you know, we all know the, the chronicles of old old Uncle John there. He's a big Iowa State guy. And he said, man, I feel like they're kind of done for the conference championship. I said, not so fast. I said, you beat Kansas here. You got a game with Baylor, which I think is very winnable at home. I think Kansas State's winnable for them at this point in time. They go on the road to Texas and West Virginia. I think Iowa State, despite that loss to Oklahoma State, very much still a big-time player to, uh, to to get a rematch of that game 
in the Big 12 title. Yeah, I mean, they're still very much in the driver's seat and can control their own destiny, um, <clears throat> which, I mean, at this point um, is pretty much what you can ask for, um, you know, still be yeah. in control of your own so destiny. I don't think they're going to have a letdown. No, I, I don't either. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the one thing. I think you can look at this and go, okay, yeah, we've got the one conference loss, but we're still very much in control of our own destiny. We don't really need anybody's help right now. Um, cause you still have Kansas yeah. state who's ahead of you on the schedule. West Virginia is still on the schedule. Um, you know, so I, I think if you're Iowa state, you're still in, you're still in pretty good position. I mean, obviously you don't want to be three and two, but you know, you're still very much alive for that conference title game. Absolutely. CJ. Um, what's our next near there, my friend? Uh, the next one, uh, noon kickoff. This one does not have a TV. Um, but it's uh, UTSA traveling down to gorgeous, beautiful Boca Raton, Florida, to take on the Owls of FAU. Well, let me tell you this, CJ. I watched FAU this past weekend. I like that team. They they fought and grinded and and gave gave Marshall everything they could have asked for and a little bit more. A team that was a little bit overmatched. Their offense is not great. Their defense is, is okay. They stack the box a lot against the herd. Uh, I don't see UTSA scoring a lot of points on them. I don't see FAU scoring a lot of points. I don't know what this total is, but I'd be be very, very, very uh, likely to take an under in it. I'll say FAU at home is probably about a 10 point. Uh, they favorite. are a five-point favorite at home. The total is 47 and a half. Well, staying off that total um, – <laughs> And I think I'll take the outs minus five and a half. Yeah, no, um, FAU. I mean, that was that was very impressive. I mean, you know, I mean, Knox still got a hundred yards for Marshall last week, but I mean, it was one hundred and one. Yeah, he, he worked hard I mean, for he, it. Man. I mean, they they weren't easy, you know, gash plays. I mean, you, I was, I you know, like you yeah. said, I, if they they gave Marshall everything they could handle. Probably just a little outmanned. Yeah. Well, but, I mean, here's the thing, man, CJ. They, shoot, yeah, they, man, they, they were they fight. They were outmanned. They fought. And you know what the thing about it is too. Let's. I want to break this down real quick for him. Marshall had their two top wide receivers out. FAU knew that coming into the game. They said, we're going to make the freshman quarterback and these younger wide receivers who haven't played as much beat us. In the end, Marshall was able to do so with the player already Henry and Gamage um, on the outside, making plays with Wells during the football well. And they just continually grounded and pounded on that run game. FAU didn't make any mistakes, but they also didn't really make any big, big time plays either because that, they struggled on that offensive line. I don't think UTSA has the defense level of Marshall at all. I think FAU will score some more points. Don't don't feel comfortable at all with the total. But I'll take the Owls to win a Boca by more than five, CJ. Yeah, I just I, I like them at home. Um, UTSA has yeah. been kind of that funky yeah. team all year. Um, yeah, so yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I like the Owls at home. So uh, what's your next on ESPN Plus? The Temple, the Temple Ooh, Owls. Okay. Travel down to Nolens hmm. to take on the Green Wave of Tulane. Hey man, I, I like the Tulane team. They're showing a lot of fight, a lot of spunk. Um, but I love Russo at quarterback for uh, for Temple. Um, finally got him a win there last week. Uh, they're one and one on the year. Tulane. See, I just just kind of just from a first kind of glancing at this game, I, I would say that to I have no idea who the favorite. I probably would pick Temple in a game if I'm picking it, but I don't love it either way. You got two teams that are below 500. 
One's one and two, one's two and four. What do you really know? Um, but give me, give me the green wave. Um, uh, I don't know. Green wave at home by three, just because uh, the they game. are a four and a half point favorite at home, which yeah, hmm. kind of maybe a little shocking. Yeah, it's four, four and a half, depending on kind of what you're looking at. Hmm. Um, with the right, total maybe. sitting at 59. Give me the over in the game. Um, I like, I like the, the Hudderson kid kind of emerging a little bit at running back. Pratt's look really good as a freshman. You got to love Russo, especially if he doesn't throw interceptions this week. Um, I mean, the, Temple's got a kid at receiver who – and Randall Jones, a senior out of Miami, who has caught 24 balls for 247 in, in three games. Pretty, pretty good, um, pretty good player. And Temple's – Temple, granted they only beat USF by two, and USF shown themselves not to be a great team this year. They lost to Navy by two in their opener, and we know Navy's not great. But they did play and hang with Memphis, which gives me confidence that they're getting better. I'll take the Owls plus the four. Yes, yeah, this one's a tough one for me because, it, like, I feel like Tulane should be better than two and four. You know, I mean, right. you have – They probably should. They, they should have held on versus, versus Navy. Navy. If you don't have an awful, disastrous third quarter, you beat Houston. You know, you had the yep. the close loss there to SMU in overtime. And that granted, they got curb stomped by Central yeah. Florida. Okay, cool. Uh, you can get, but we knew that was a good spot for Central Florida. They were coming off a loss. You yeah, I mean, this they, they feel like they should be five and one, right? Uh, I don't know if I'm going that far there, CJ, but I'll tell you this much: I'll um. I'll stay the hell yeah, away. Yeah, no, from I mean, this game, I'm with you. I'm going to, uh, for I'd, sure, I'd stay, Saturday. Maybe minus the total. I think yeah, I'll take I, the I'm over. with you on stay away from it. But you think about it, they should have beat Navy. <clears throat> Navy comes back on them, scores like 27 unanswered. A horrendous third quarter against Houston. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. The SMU game's a toss up. That's a tight one in overtime. And then you get curb stomped. But still, I mean, they feel like they should have at least two more wins on the schedule. Here's the problem, CG. No, no, I understand them. that. It's just. You don't have them. There's a reason you don't have them. You don't finish, which makes me think if Russo has a chance late, he might find no, a way to beat him. No, I'll give you that. But it's just yeah. like I like I said, you almost feel like they shouldn't be two and four, but you got to find ways to to, yeah. to to close out the deal, and they don't. So I, I feel like I see both teams getting to thirty and taking that over there for sure. I, I think that'd be one that I'd be um, I'm squaring here and circling as we go through these. As me and you talk, they'll probably have some action on that come uh, come Saturday with that over. Um, I know we're gonna get, gotta be getting close to getting out of the noon, CJ. Uh, yes, more? we've got two left in the noon window. Um, the Big Ten Network um, will have the boiler. Mm-hmm. Well, we also we yeah have we one, have other we'll, one, but we'll that talk about that its own separate thing. Yeah. Um, the the Boilermakers yeah, yeah. of Purdue <clears throat> travel to Champaign, Illinois, to take on the Fighting Illini of Illinois. Man, Illinois looked bad, 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 bad against Wisconsin. Purdue finding a way to win without their head coach, um, without Rondell Moore playing their their top wideout NFL prospect, kind of their dude on that side of the ball to beat Iowa the way they did. I think Purdue's got something special going this year against Illinois. I'll say they're probably about an eight point favorite on the road. Uh, Purdue is a seven point road favorite with a total at fifty eight and a half. Man, I love Purdue. Love Purdue. Don't feel strongly about that number 
one way or the other. <clears throat> yeah, I'm with you because you just you... – I'm wondering, you know, Illinois didn't look good, but how much of that's, you know, Wisconsin maybe is good. Um, Wisconsin's good. I just wonder, is Illinois due to regress this year coming off of last year? I know Peters is still a quarterback, but I know they lost a good bit off that defense. And they also came – they kind of halted down the home stretch, especially offensively. Um, They were a nice little story last year. I love O'Connell. At quarterback for Purdue, he looked really good there last week with three touchdowns, 282 through the air. And Horvath, that running back, um, white lightning there. Um, and, man, Bell stepped up big instead of uh, Rondell Moore with 13 catches for 121 yards and three touchdowns. Illinois showed me zero in their loss there to Wisconsin. Yeah, they're back at home, but um, I'll take Purdue to win. By yeah, touchdown. no, I'm I'm completely with you on that. I, I, I like this Purdue team. Okay, and so our last nooner, the ACC Network gives us the Fighting Demon Deacons traveling to north, to upper, to upstate New York. Sorry, I want to make sure I get that right for all of our New York listeners. Upstate. I don't want to get yelled at. It is upstate, yeah. not North New York. It's upstate New York. My bad. I got a friend of mine. I- yeah, I got a fourth New York in that area. Uh-huh. And he would remind me it's upstate New York, but they'll travel into the Carrier Dome to take on the uh, the Cuse. You know what, CJ? I'll tell you this, man. Um, I think CJ that Syracuse kind of found something last week, maybe against against uh, against Wake. Um, but man, Wake with the big big upset win—they're really building something right now. Clawson's got those guys playing very well. I hope this isn't a look-ahead spot for them, but eleven feels a little big. I kind of think Syracuse might cover, but I think Wake wins the game. Kind of a potential snoozer yeah, of the week type um, of game here. I don't. I'm with you, kind of on the look-ahead, and you know Syracuse showed some fight against Clemson, but you got to wonder—was that just because of who they were playing? I mean, you're 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 falling asleep on this yeah, one, aren't you, buddy. You, yeah, you've already dead. This one's already really. like making me just want to pass out. You know what? Just for the fun of it, get get. You know what? Just just for the hell of it, <laughs> give me Wake Forest plus the point. Give me give me Wake Forest minus eleven. Hey, I, I like it. I like where your head's at there. I mean, hopefully, like you like to say for them, they continue to keep building on that momentum and are. Uh, really ready to rock and roll. And, you know, at that point in time, they get that win. They're to four wins. You keep winning games. You never know. I mean, big one over, over Virginia Tech. And a ranked Virginia Tech at that. You got to love the um, the fact you have a walk one. Take, you get three picks. Then he gets a scally uh, not too long after the game. Good things are brewing down there in Winston-Salem for the Demon Deacons. Um, and I think they'll get win number four on this weekend for sure um, against against Syracuse. Um CJ, I mean, anything else to add on, on that one there, man? Or are you kind of no, ready to no, uh, that, put that, that one to bed as it's, as it's kind yeah, of the maybe dubbed the snoozer of the week? Put to bed. But, no, that is a big deal for that Anderson kid. Um, it's always kind of cool to see those those the walk-ons when they get their scholarships and how the team reacts. And um, So, no, big big time for that kid. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, CJ, I, we, we, we teased it enough here. The, uh, the last nooner is the big ball game in Morgantown. We are going to do a whole other uh, preview for that, as we always do. 
Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, excited. Uh, West Virginia should be pretty pumped to be coming home. Big opportunity sitting in front of them um, against a K-State team that may be a little – people might be a little higher on them than, than they should be just because of the Oklahoma win. Um, I think you might be on to something there, my friend. And uh, not to mention, guys, uh, this cool opportunity for us, we're going to be doing a live show as we kind of – as we as we record this one with a uh, voice of Motown. If so, I mean, hey, real excited for that. Real excited for that, guys. Join us. Uh, we, um, get to get to kind of uh be be a part of that uh operation there with Voice of Motown, man. I'm I'm real excited. For no, that. I'm I'm excited about that as well. Uh, that's going to be a pretty cool opportunity for us, and uh, <clears throat> you know, uh, for you guys to kind of kind of tune in. We get to do something a little little different. Very very excited about it. Hey, you're gonna get to see the porch in all its glory, CJ. Um, been working on working on what we might have behind it. I'm trying to get a little Pat McAfee type setup here for the folks uh, tomorrow night. We're also gonna do recap shows with them too, so um, gonna be real fun to see how that continues to unfold. So uh, look look for that tomorrow or on you know Thursday at eight o'clock um, for that live show, and we'll we'll obviously still. Um, for sure put that out for recording so you can listen to it on Saturdays um, to get ready for the big ball game there in the touchdown city versus the. Oh yeah, absolutely. So CJ, we're on now to um, a little two 30. We've got one, two o'clock game um, on ESPN plus uh, central Florida uh, traveling down to Houston to take on Dana Holgerson and the Cougs. Man, that'll be an interesting game. Um, I like both offenses. Tune's a good quarterback. Gabriel's a good quarterback. You should see points of plenty. I think I like Memphis. I think I like the 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 Houston defense though a little bit better than I like Central Florida's. And I think that might be enough at home to push to push the Cougs up to a victory. This uh, this one I think is going to surprise you a little bit. Uh, Houston. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> I, I like UCF in it just simply just because I don't trust Dana. You're not wrong there, CJ. You're not <laughs> wrong in not trusting Dana. But this kind of feels like a spot where Dana and the boys might be ready to rock, man. They're at home. I think, like, I, I feel like I trust their defense more than I trust UCS defense. I think Toon's a good quarterback. The the total in that, man, what's the total in that? 83. Not a chance. Give me the under. Give me the under. I think Houston will play good defensively. I think they'll create a couple turnovers for UCF. They have a propensity to do that. Give me Houston plus the two in, two in the hook, and I'll take the under in the football game. Yeah, I, I'm with you on the under, uh, definitely on the under. Um, but I, I, I'm rolling with UCF simply just because I trust their coaching staff way more than I do Dana and his. Yeah, I mean, hey, it's one of those deals where it's like, you know, we've always we've always said at Houston we have a problem. We know they're a little undisciplined at times. Um, we know UCF's got that championship pedigree, but I feel like Houston's going to be really amped up and ready for this game. I like Clayton Toon, man. I think he's a heck of a quarterback. 
And I just like that Houston defense. They've been real fast. They've been put in some bad positions at times this year. <clears throat> I like them to win that game on um on Saturday there down there in uh down there in H Town, man. Yeah, I mean I, I wouldn't be shocked with the Houston win at just <clears throat> going off history and history has told me don't 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 trust don't Hogerson. Yeah. And 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 that hair is yet gonna you, be doing some funky yet stuff. You, yet you love Spab. <laughs> Hey, the hair always does funky stuff, man. Have you? Dana looks pretty. I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you. He looks kind of badass right now with the hat and the gator. He, he looks like a character, like off of a uh, um. Oh, CJ. The the game is escaping me. Uh, Red Dead Redemption. He looks like a damn character off Red Dead Redemption right now, man. He really does. Um, yeah, he he's 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 got that whole Houston, Texas look thing going. He does, man. He's got a little swag. I got it. You always give get it to Dana. He um getting on SVPs. Pod. He's good with the national media for sure, um, and, I, and I think he'll. Be, I think his boys are going to be ready to play this Saturday. Um, CJ, I've looked at the other two and the three o'clockers. Man, um, Rice back in action. The quadruple doinker going to Southern Miss. Who knows what you're going to get there? Troy, Arkansas State, intriguing. I like Luke Bonner to throw the football around, and then UTEP in North Texas. If you have any action on that, please consult. Um, <laughs> And call the one eight hundred gambler hotline because you have issues. Okay, <laughs> well, Nobody's... UTEP uh, North Texas has actually been postponed. So it has. Okay, okay. Well, I wrote these down on Monday, man. So uh, at least it's it kind of be tough to have action on it now, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah. If you yeah. had action on that one, you need to be contacting uh, whoever it is. Make sure they're giving you your money back. Yeah, um, yeah. I already sure had. They... I had heard of a parlay, man. It's down to eight now, not nine. So we know how that goes. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yep. Um, so yeah, so we'll yeah. I mean, those are pretty much all of those. Uh, Three thirty kickoff here then on ABC. I mean, do you see value in the Rice Southern Miss or Troy Arkansas State games at all? I mean, was there something that no. you really liked? Either? Okay. Yeah. Hey, don't get me wrong. You know, I love Carver USA. Um, I do kind of like Rice if that number's small. I will say that, and I think Arkansas State's probably due to win in the Fun Belt versus Troy. Troy's struggling this year. There's they're they're still living off the Neil Brown name and what they've done in the past, and I don't think they're a great team this year. Um, but uh, yeah, let's get to that three thirty, man. Yeah, three thirty ABC, uh, the somehow fourth ranked Fighting Irish of Notre Dame traveled into Atlanta to Bobby Dodd Stadium to take on Georgia Tech. I'll say Notre Dame's a twenty-one in the hook favorite. Uh, they are a 20-point favorite with a total at 57. I will take an under, and I will take – I think I would take Notre Dame. I lean Notre Dame to win that football game. If Georgia Tech doesn't turn – Yeah, see, Jimmy, and the Irish are a 20-point favorite. <clears throat> they had a big big offensive showing against Pitt. They've struggled other games. I mean, they didn't look good at all against Louisville, winning that one 12-6. Book um, looked as – Look the best he has all season against Pitt, but I'm not so certain that we're going to see that same type of explosiveness again. I lean with an under big time here, uh, but I think the Irish pull it off. So, Notre Dame's defense has been pretty good. I just don't trust him to win by three touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, I don't trust him to win by three touchdowns either. Um, I do like uh, like Notre Dame to win. I'm with you. Uh, take the under all day on this thing. Um, cause Notre Dame defensively has been really good, but at times offensively, they've looked like hot garbage. Yeah. Well, um, and, and really before last week against Pitt, they've, they've been, they haven't necessarily really been anything explosive offensively. 
Um, granted, Georgia Tech defensively is not good either. So possibility that that could – that they might have back-to-back good offensive weeks, but I'm not, I'm not necessarily confident in the Irish to put up another big offense performance on Saturday at Bobby Dodd. No, I'm I'm not either. I like I said, I, I think Notre Dame wins, yeah. uh, but I I don't trust them by three touchdowns. Yeah. Now I know Wisconsin and and the 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 Corn Huskers has been postponed due to COVID. Um, the whole merge situation with them, uh, with the, with the positive test and the backup, just a lot of things for Wisconsin. Um, tough break for them because I think they really <laughs> were building some momentum. And tough for Nebraska because all those guys want to do is play football, and now they finally got a chance to, and they didn't play well in the second half, and now they got to sit with that for another week because this game will not be played on Saturday from Lincoln. Yeah, that that's a tough blow. Um, was really kind of wanting to see an opportunity to see Nebraska come out again. Um, I really like what Scott Ross is doing there. I mean, that team um, against Ohio State showed some fight um, just out of horses in the second half. So, uh, so we will tough yeah. to go and and try and compete with the Buckeyes. And... Yeah, no, completely with you. So, yeah, um, we'll actually roll uh, Big Ten Network. Uh, we'll see the crazy to say this, but seventeenth ranked Hoosiers roll into New uh, into uh, Pascataway, New Jersey, to take on Rutgers. Who's your daddy? And uh, that's what Penn State's got to be saying, man. Who's your daddy? Um, man, Penix is incredible. Uh, the way he continued to fight, make plays, and to, to you know on those two point conversions, and to find a way to will his team to a victory versus Penn State was rather impressive. I don't think they're going to turn the ball over seven times like like Rutgers got the benefit of against Sparty. I'll take Indiana to win this probably by about 13 the line. Um, yeah, Indiana is a 12-point favorite right now, um, and I'm yeah. not seeing a total um, through the through the ESPN for it. Um, this one's interesting because I'm not hey, really man. sure what the story is going to be in Piscataway as far as fans go. Um, but you know, if they have any there, they're going to be pretty amped up. They got a one and O team coming in at home. Greg Schiano's back. Uh, they're not going to oh, well, have fans yeah. there, CJ. It's it's more of a blue state than a red state. So uh, it'll probably in, and it's also red at Rutgers all day, every day. Um, you know, the Scarlet Knight, but um. I'm with you. Would be pumped to be there, but I think the Hoosiers will maybe look ugly at times, but win this one yeah, by just maybe. enough. Um, but you got to gotta wonder if maybe Indiana, maybe kind of peeking ahead with Michigan, the rank, ton of momentum, kind of getting patted on the back. Do you trip up a little here? Well, I, I, I man, don't get me wrong, CJ. I feel you in those. I feel you in that conversation, right? But here's the deal. Indiana found a way to win that game versus Penn State that they had no business winning. And I think they'll be better this week against Rutgers in a game when Rutgers benefits from seven turnovers. Not going to be the same deal. Give me Indiana. I think they they're on the right they're on the right side of the upswing here, ready for Michigan. I think they'll be prepared. Wilson's had that program on the on the rise 
and Shion has still got a ways to go at Rutgers, although it would be a big win for me. Yeah, to I, too. I tend to kind but of feel I, where I'm you're coming go from on that. Um, I, I do like – I do think Indiana finds a way to win it because I think Rutgers really benefited off a bunch of turnovers against Michigan State um, that really kind of helped them in that. Probably not – you're not going to have that again. Yeah, um, yeah. But I, I, I do actually expect this one to be a little bit of a dogfight. So, so you're taking the taking the uh, record to cover. I'm taking Indiana to win. I, I'm taking Indiana. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, think I mean, Indiana, I don't know. Indiana didn't do a lot. Yeah, I think Indiana wins. Still found a way to win. I expect it to be a, a dogfight. Yeah. No, I, I'm completely when I'm not with touching one or the other because I do feel like this game, both teams will kind of slog it down a little bit, especially if UAB has their way. Yeah, I mean, Anthony's a good quarterback for them. You know, UAB defensively is a tough team, and they're also going to be kind of smarting off a little bit after that tough loss to Louisiana last Friday night. I think they'll be ready to rock going back into the state of Louisiana, this time in Ruston, not playing the Raging Cajuns. Give me UAB to win the football game, but if it's a 12 in the hook, I think UA, I think UAB will not win that game. They will not cover. All Give right. me the Bulldogs. Uh, so another three thirty kickoff. This one on ESPN. Maybe two. a little bad beat type <clears> style. We'll somehow, see the Saturday, Horned uh, Frogs of TCU traveling to Waco to take on the Bears of Baylor. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm laughing because I don't. I'll take Baylor. Probably about a that, ten point favorite. Actually, home. TCU is the favorite by two and a half. With the total at forty-eight, give me Baylor. Yeah, I'm with you on the under. Give me the Um, under. I like this. Although you're taking a Big Twelve under, but I mean, yeah, neither one of these offenses does much to inspire. This this one's going to be defensive by default. just because the offenses have been pretty lackluster. Um, but I'm with you. I, I like Baylor. They're at home. Um, probably a little more faith um, in that roster and in what they're doing um, than what than what TCU's got. Um, Is it as simple as saying one team has Charlie Brewer, one team's at home, yeah, yeah. For me, this just simply comes down to. Too. I mean, Ebner's Baylor's a got the player. better quarterback, um, and Charlie Brewer, and he he's going to find a way to make enough plays uh, for Baylor to come out of this thing with a win. A little, uh, couple other games here to to kind of to kind of look at in the three thirty window. Yeah, um, we've got another one on CBS. So you know, it'll be Gary Danielson and the boys. Um, with LSU traveling to take on Auburn, so we got a little tiger versus tiger action here. Ooh, hold that tiger, pimp the gumbo. Um, I I love LSU in that football game. I don't like Auburn at all. Although Auburn got lucky to beat Ole Miss. I mean, miss call there uh, that Lane Train kind of counted up the uh, the pennies um, <laughs> to pay the SEC office in. I'll uh. I'll take LSU as a three-point uh, favorite LSU on the is road. a three-point favorite on the road. Mm. 
With the total nice. sitting at a ridiculous nice. 65 and a half. Wow. Under. Both these, I, I, I think you take under in that. I think both teams will play it a little closer to the vest. Yeah, I'm with you, CJ. I like Bo Nix. I mean, Finley should start a quarterback again for LSU. Miles Brennan not supposedly back yet. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's a big number. That's a big yeah, number. Yeah, that's in LSU a huge Auburn. number. Um, I'm definitely taking the under. I'm, I'm with you. I, I like LSU um, in this one. Um, defensively, they they should really be able to kind of impose their will um, on that offensive line against Auburn. Um, you know, and you're right. Uh, Auburn kind of kind of steals one there at Ole Miss on a on a pretty pretty big mess up there. Um, I don't blame. Yeah, and at I, least I, has I, to be and, reviewed. And I don't you know? blame. I'm uh, usually not a huge fan of of coaches coming out and openly criticizing officiating like that because um, I usually I usually view it as kind of scapegoating. Um, but Lane had a legitimate beef there. I thought, and I think that's perfectly played. Yeah. I think that's – for a new coach, I kind of dig it just because it shows the guys in his locker room. I've got your back. Um, so, yep. And, and it's and it's also a situation where it's like, hey guys, um, you know we're still building this thing, and and we're not going to be we're not going to be kind of the redheaded stepchild anymore in the SEC. I'm gonna make some noise if something like that happens. This ain't my boy, Coach Matt Luke anymore. This is the lane train. Yeah, we're not so, going to be yeah, disrespectful. Usually, I'm not like a that. big fan of it. Um, I think if it's you know very well calculated, which I thought for Lane it was because it shows a young team. Um, in a program he just took over, hey, I've got your back, and I'm going to have your back publicly. Um, and and then also, too, kind of like yeah, you said, yeah. where it's not, hey, you know what, this this isn't – we're not going to be the doormat for anybody. So so I, I liked him coming out in that spot there. But, no, I, I like LSU on the on the road here to, to come out with a, with a win and get to three and two. Yeah, I mean – yeah, I mean, you know – yeah, yeah, we just sat here and talked about Ole Miss, and they're they're coming up here in in just not in a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, hey, man, like you said, hold that tiger. The Tigers are coming back. I think they're they've got too much talent. They're figuring themselves out. And man, Auburn's still just uh, I feel like they're a little bit discombobulated this year. And yeah, Bo Nix is playing pretty good football, but I, you know, yeah, this game's at home for Auburn. Um, but Auburn's just – they don't seem to be anywhere near where they were last year. And I think if I'm choosing between these two teams, I think LSU has has probably shown a little bit more of late, even despite some bad performances. Um, just the way they played against South Carolina gives me more confidence. And, and with Finley being in their quarterback now, maybe they continue with that confidence – um, whereas Bo Nix is in a lot of a lot of arguing on the sideline, just doesn't seem to be really cohesive right now down there for the Auburn Tigers. Um, so I, I think you got it. Like you said, I, I like LSU as well, CJ. Yeah, we got, um, one, we got one more three thirty. Three thirty. This one's on ESPN. Uh, the Purple Wildcats of Northwestern uh, travel into Iowa City uh, to take on the Hawks of Iowa. Chicago's team, Northwestern, Pat the, Mike, the fighting Mike Wilbon. Um, 
Yeah, that too. The fighting Mike Greenbergs. You know, we could. Hey, man. You know, um, I'll, I'll roll with the. Uh, I'll roll with Northwestern to win that game on the road. I believe Iowa. They probably um, is Iowa is a two and points. a half point uh, favorite at home, with the total sitting at forty six. Here's the thing, man. Everyone had so much confidence in Iowa. Forty six, you yeah. said, CJ. By the way, on that on that over. I, I don't – I kind of like the over there. I really like what Northwestern did offensively last week. I think Iowa will score some points. Iowa offensively, though, is good. You replace Nate Stanley. They're, they're not the same team, but it's tough to say that they're going to lose two straight weeks and then coming back to lose a Kinnick. But, man, I really like what Northwestern was about. Peyton Ramsey's been through this league. He gets it. He, he has a mastery of this offense, I think, already. Anderson, I mean, the guy carried it 10 times for 103. He looked pretty good. Granted, how good's Maryland? Um, um, so, I, it's a, that's a tough one to call, man. I think I like the Purple Cat to win it, but I don't love it either way. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't love it either way. Um, I, I do kind of lean Northwestern in this one. Um, and and the, kind of the impressive thing is, is you talk about a guy like Peyton Ramsey. Um, you know, he threw it for 212 yards, but his top receiver only had 53, which means he's, he's spreading it around. He's hitting the open guy. Um, so you can't really key on one guy in that receiving core. Um, you know, he the way he kind of Flutters it around reminds you a little bit of a, a guy like kind of like a Drew Brees, um, you know, to kind of stick with that Big Ten flavor. Um, doesn't really have a yep. favorite target. He's just going to make the right play and get it to the right guy, um, which is going to make them, a, you know, a, a little harder to defend offensively. Yeah, absolutely. I like I like what they're doing, man. Uh, and I think this could be a good year for Northwestern, especially if they build up the momentum this week and get two and zero. Never know. Um, so we're into four o'clock, man. Are we going Ole Miss Vandy first? Or are we going to talk about? Um, well, the first the, one on uh, my list is the is the Big Twelve game um, on Fox. Um, Horns down Texas uh, rolls into Stillwater to take on the undefeated sixth ranked Pokes of Oklahoma State. Yeah, I think there's something to be said. I mean, Oklahoma State is kind of the uh, the team for the Big Twelve that's going to have to to carry the flag um, if this team. You know, if this conference is going to get into the p- playoffs, um, that number now, CJ, I, I'm seeing is sitting anywhere from three to four, depending on on the uh, on that on the place you're getting it. Um, <clears throat> Spencer Sanders being back in the way he ran the ball last week for about 70 yards, nice little wrinkle, adds some help to Chuba. He's averaging just under 120 yards a game and five touchdowns. Wallace is still averaging over 100 yards receiving a game on about six catches. They, they have explosiveness to that offense that I don't think Texas has. Uh, Texas struggles against the run. They give up about 130 yards a game. Uh, Oklahoma State gives up 127, but it's the ability of the Cowboys to run the football. They average 216 yards a game, whereas it's just really Sam Ellinger toting the rock for Texas. Um, and plus the Oklahoma State secondary, much better than Texas's. They only give up 12 points a game to this point. Granted, they're only scoring 28 and a half as opposed to Texas putting up 45. Although some of that's really aided by 63 against uh, the Red Raiders and then 59 versus UTEP. I guess they also got 45 there 
in, an, in a four OT affair with Oklahoma, but not as explosive offensively as the Pokes. And then being in Stillwater, I mean, that's going to be a tough, tough task uh, for Texas. And, and I think it's going to be a huge game for Chuba Hubbard. Kind of a old Keith Jackson, hello Heisman type of game potentially for him uh, Saturday afternoon there in Stillwater. And, and I think the them having Spencer Sanders back really, really helps them in this particular contest against that Texas defense. Um, allows allows them to be, you know, not a one-dimensional team, and I think that's going to be extremely crucial for the Pokes on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you. O- Oklahoma State, to me, just has an absolute ton of horses for this thing. This, I mean, their offense is starting to really kind of get rolling. I, and Texas defensively has not been able – has not shown you that they can stop anything. Um, I expect Hubbard to have a huge day uh, for them. Tyron Wallace uh, should have a pretty, pretty good day as well. Um, I just mm-hmm. th- this this one screams one that could get kind of ugly, um, and that that seat for Tom Herman is going to get really, really warm. Yeah, I, this I mean this is an ultimate bow your neck get tough game for Texas, and I'm not sure they have that on in this program right now. Um, could be a big type of. Heisman, hello Heisman type of game for Chuba Hubbard Saturday against that Longhorn defense. Um, CJ, I know we got a couple other four o'clockers before we get to some night games, correct? Uh, yeah, um, we've got one uh, here in the SEC on the SEC network. Um, Old Miss uh, travels into Nashville to take on Vandy. Man, this is not a take the candy with Vandy, even with it being Halloween weekend, I'll take Ole Miss. I know this line, CJ, is minus, I think, 17. Might even be going down. I continue to see it going down. I think Ole Miss is going to score a ton of points. Um, they've had some unfortunate losses here. The the Auburn loss with the with the, the mishap on the kickoff return that wasn't reviewed. You had the game um, there with Arkansas where you threw seven interceptions. Lost a tough one there. Lost in a in a shootout with Bama. I think Ole Miss is a little better than that one and four record, and I think they'll get win number two, and I think they'll get it big on the road against Vanderbilt. Yeah, uh, the line has come down. It's sixteen um, in favor of the Rebs right now. Um, with the total, that's the first pick in the lock draft, by the way. I'll take the Rebs minus sixteen. The hook uh, with uh, the total at sixty four. I'm with you. Um, I mean, Old Miss has shown um, when they don't turn the ball over, um, they can be extremely explosive offensively. Um, I just – They're due for a bounce back, man. I mean, they've lost three straight. They've lost two of them really tight in, in bad spots. And one of those losses was to, I mean, what, Alabama? So, you know, and, and you played – and they played Florida decently competitive in week one. I like Matt Corral to sling it around. I think he won't make mistakes against Vandy. Elijah Moore, an early man, Snoop Connor. I mean, they've got playmakers all over the field. I, I don't really necessarily love a total in that because I don't know how much Vandy's going to help you, although the Ole Miss defense is bad, so you'd like to think they get a little help there pushing you over the edge. Probably an over and, and Ole Miss both. Yeah, the yeah the total is parlaying them together. Yeah, yeah the total sixty four, which you know does seem 
a little high, but like you said, Ole Miss's defense hasn't been real good, but I still mm-hmm. I still just don't know, even if as bad as they've looked at times, if Vandy's offense is good enough to take advantage of it. I'm with you, CJ. I'm not sure Vandy's offense is good enough to take advantage of it, but, but Ole Miss's defense is bad enough to let anybody score on them too. So that's why I would tend to lean over there, but definitely Ole Miss um, winning by 16 in the hook. Um, the other four o'clock game was one that I talked with somebody about, and they said, "Is this number too big?" It's App State, you know, the fun row bunch hosting App State. I know this total is thirty-one in the hook, CJ, mm-hmm. and it scares me. Either way, I think I stay away from it because that's just so so damn big um, to expect the App State Mountaineers to to win by that many. Because I think they could be perfectly fine winning this thing, you know. 41 to to 10 and you don't get your cover yeah I, I'm with you on that that's that, that's a huge number I I wouldn't wouldn't touch that with anybody's money I, I stay away from that one entirely because you can't take fun row you know I mean you, you can't take them um and app state while playing and looking great last Thursday night um, 31 the hooks, just an absolutely insane number. I do expect uh, App State to win pretty easily, but do they cover that number? I mean, we know Zach Thomas and, and you know, and Harrington and uh, and Cameron Peoples are – they're all – App State's got a lot of explosives. I expect to see them keep winning and, and winning big in the thumb belt this year, but I don't know if it's going to be about 32 on Saturday. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely with you on that. Uh, so we got another four o'clocker, right? Before um, we get into some night yep. games. Uh, last four o'clocker, uh, ACC Network, uh, Virginia Tech um, rolls into Louisville to take on the Cardinal. Uh, you know, I feel like VT is probably still favored, coming off of a loss. Louisville coming off of a win. Um, I, I, I like. I like Louisville to win this football game, honestly, CJ, but I think Virginia Tech's probably favored by about three and a half to four. Uh, Virginia Tech, uh, three and a half. Oh, um, yeah. Nice. With nice. the total at 67 in the hook. Oh, my. I'll tell you what right now, 67 in the hook. Yeah, these offensive scored points this year, but give me an under there. Give me an under there. I don't see I don't see either team exploding offensively. Um, I think both these teams will be slightly approaching thirty, but maybe not over thirty. Um, and I think Louisville win the game behind um, behind Malik Cunningham, Giovanni Haskins, and Tutu Atwell. Those those triplets at home. I think Louisville will show why early in the season people had them in the top twenty as they continue to try and re- rebound in the season. And the Hokies, maybe the wheels are finally falling off um, because they've had a lot to deal with this year. Yeah, they have. Um, I, I'm with you. Um, I, I like Louisville simply just because this thing's at Louisville. Um, I think if it was at Virginia Tech, I might feel a little differently. Um, I'm with you on that. You I'm know, with you on that 100%, um, CJ. I just – Louisville coming at home, coming off – Um. You know, coming off a, a big win against Florida State, um, just kind of feel like they've got a little bit of momentum working for them. Uh, Virginia Tech, like you said, they've had a lot working against them. Um, 
you know, you, and it's just one of those things. Do they bounce back off of a tough loss, or you know, let it beat them twice? I it wouldn't shock me. Yeah, it, it wouldn't me either. Um, I'm kind of with you. I kind of kind of like Louisville um, at home to to kind of get some get some forward momentum really rolling here and and start to yeah. feel pretty good about where they are as a football team. Yeah. And Amen, and you know what? You're hoping you probably should hope VT doesn't lose this because your Liberty Flames um, travel into Blacksburg to... next week. Yeah, <laughs> are three and three. They're either or they're going to be real ticked off and ready for your Liberty Flames. So it could go either way. Yeah, yeah, it could. Uh, part of me, yeah, wants to see them find a way to win this thing and 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 kind of overlook Liberty. But um, <laughs> yeah, I. Might be rooting for that, but if you're asking me my opinion on it, um, I, I, yeah, like, I, I like the like Cardinals. Louisville. Me too, yeah. buddy. Me too. Um, so I know the six. There's a six o'clock FS1 kick. Um, it caught my eye because I, while I like what Boise State's about, CJ, I kind of think that Air Force is a good play in this football game. Um, yeah, and there actually has been a TV change to this one. This one's actually going to be on CBS Sports Network now. Oh, wow. Okay, okay. Interesting. Um, little Omaha, Omaha there. Um, yeah. Regardless, I still like Air Force. Um, I think that they had a tough loss there last week to San Jose State. You know, they didn't look as good as they did against Navy. San Jose State's a much better football team this year. Um, and I think Air Force being at home, um, well, they'll cover the spread versus Boise. I'm not sure they're going to win the game. And I think, honestly, CJ, I like an under for the football game at 49. I think Air Force plus 14 and an under. I think Boise might win this thing and be totally content doing so, like 20 to 34, 20 to 14 type of game. Yeah, it, it's definitely going to be closer than that. Um and yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm, sure how much I buy Boise, to be honest with you. Yeah, I don't either. Um, but I mean that that over that 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 total seems a little high given what you know Air yeah. Force is, and in you know Boise yeah. State's not a team that's you know they're they're going to get up and then just kind of want to ground that thing out too. So yeah, I'm yeah. not. I mean, ugh. CJ was disgusted. Because he knows that the uh, that's the type of game where we're going to see teams kind of sit on the football late. Um, so go ahead and click on part two there for us. Uh, we're going to preview all the night games and uh, do have a little fun with the lock draft. Um, right now, still up that push uh, for me with Kansas is really helping me. But click on part two if you enjoyed what you liked in part one, and um, if you if you really liked it, um, we'll also have a, a purple cat preview for West Virginia as well um and uh the voice of motown we had a live show for them um that you can check on facebook so uh big things happening potentially so um thanks again for joining us and you guys take it easy click on part two